0: A lot of people confuse character with reputation, but they're more like cousins than they are twins. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. Reputation is on the outside and what other people think you are. Character is on the inside and what God knows you are. In this series, we want to unleash the good in our inside. In a world that has abandoned the virtues and values that matter, this series calls us to return to a simple message character still counts we hope you enjoy and I got to do that twice that was and is powerful I want to thank everybody for being here and for those of you that are joining us online um, I feel like we just stood in front of a fire hydrant with a hose directed right at us and um, God has filled our souls with what I believe we need to hear so um, anything I do or say after that is just, um, it's just a little extra, a little extra. Hall of Fame basketball coach John Wooden once said, be more concerned with your character than your reputation. Because your character is what you really are, while your reputation is merely what others think you are. I think that's so powerful. I'd like to read that again. Be more concerned with your character than your what? Your reputation. Because your character is what you really are, while your reputation is merely what others think you are. And if you knew anything about Coach Wooden, he was a true man of character. He's also known as saying, a true athlete should have character, not be a character. (laughs) A true athlete should have character, not be a character. And I think we could have some textual freedom And we could put in the word Christian, a true Christian should have character, not be a character. John Wooden also said this, some believe sports build character. I believe that sports reveal character. So here's my question. How is your character? When once asked, uh, NBA Hall of Famer Charles Barkley said, I was going to sue for defamation of character, but then I realized I have no character. (laughs) If you know Charles Barkley, that should bring a smile to your face. Proverbs chapter 22.1 says this, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Let's read that together. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. You see, a a good name cannot be bought. It cannot be stolen, nor can it be inherited. It can only be earned by character. You see, we started a new series last week. Actually, not we, Pastor John uh, started that as I was away uh, recharging my batteries At a location unknown. But I will say this I love this series. Character still counts. But at the same time, I have to be honest, I'm a little disappointed that we have to say character still counts. In a time when that mattered, in a time where it was a given, I would argue, and I hope you would agree, that character necessarily does not necessarily matter as much as it once did in our society. But I believe character matters to God, and that is what is most important. So this is our number one resource, God's Word, amen. Well, we're also using a book uh, called Character Still Counts, and I would highly recommend it. It's a good read. And actually, for those of you that are parents, uh, what a great tool to use and have discussion, maybe at dinner time, or at bedtime or in car time with your kids. But last week, Pastor John talked about the characteristic of loyalty, and we looked at that amazing, rich, full life of Ruth. And today, we're going to look at the characteristic of courage. And we're also going to look at another amazing, phenomenal woman, and her name is Esther. Let's pray. God, you are so good, and that is the understatement of this morning. You are amazing. You are worthy of our praise. God, you love us despite us, as was sung earlier. God, thank you for your grace upon grace. Thank you for your word and how it calls us to a, a better life. And, and thank you for this opportunity over these next six weeks to take a look at character and characteristics about our lives that really matter to you. And God, thank you that, that in some of these we're already there and we're doing well. and some, we need to grow in. And thank you, God, that we're a work in progress that you haven't given up on us. And God, I thank you that you could use a a messy person like me, to, to preach a clear message from your word. We pray for a continued outpouring of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. A working definition of courage from Webster's Dictionary says, courage is strength in the face of fear or pain. Courage is strength in the, in, in the face of, of, of fear or pain. Uh, other words that, that we would associate with, with the word courage is, is boldness, or, or being brave, or, or fearless, or, or lion-hearted, which would be really easy for me to step into the Wizard of Oz right now, right? But did you know, did you know that the Bible calls us to be courageous, I didn't have time, or maybe I did, and I just didn't make it a priority. But one of the commentaries that I read on this topic of courage said that courage is talked about, mentioned, 365 times in the Bible. Now, I know this ain't the sharpest tool in the shed, but you know what I automatically thought of. I know you guys are saying cabaretas, but no, that was second. (laughs) I automatically thought, wait a second, there's also... 365 days in the year. Isn't that a coincidence? So maybe God not accidentally needed to remind us or knew that he needed to remind us daily that we need to be filled with courage and not discouragement, amen? Deuteronomy chapter 31, Deuteronomy chapter 31, six says this, be strong and courageous. Do not be what? Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you. Is that an amazing promise? He will never leave you, nor will he forsake who? Put your name there. You're you. (laughs) He's never gonna leave you. He's never gonna forsake you. Joshua 1, 6. Be strong and what? Courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Joshua 1, 9. I... Have I not commanded you, be what? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Last year's theme verse, 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on your guard, stand firm in your faith, and there it is. Be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. Matthew chapter 14, verse 27. But Jesus immediately said to him, Take courage. Take what? Take courage. It is I, what? Don't be afraid. afraid. Take courage. Over and over again, the scripture tells us not to be afraid. And yet, if you're anything like me, you find yourself afraid in situations. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's addictions. Maybe it's wanting to talk to the pastor. Maybe it's wanting to make a decision for Christ. Maybe it's even just leaving your home. Maybe it's pandemic, COVID. Maybe it's Your neighbor, whatever the case is, I think fear wants to creep into each and every one of our lives and take us out or paralyze us. And what we need to hear today as Christ followers is to be courageous and to be strong, not to be cowards sucking our thumbs in the corner. No amen on that? Okay. You guys are all just a bunch of afraid or scaredy cats. I heard the amens at home though, way to go. You know, the Bible is packed, packed with all kinds of good stories, but there's stories of courage from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And I was just thinking, Daniel in the lion's den is a story of courage. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire is a story of courage. David versus Goliath, story of courage. Joshua taking over for Moses is a story of courage. Deborah going into battle, story of courage. The last series that we just walked through, we looked at Noah's life, we looked at Moses' life, we looked at Abraham's life, we looked at Gideon's life. It's story after story of courage. And then the second half of the book, the New Testament. How about that Mary? Story of courage. How about jo- Joseph? Story of courage. How about the 12 disciples? Stories of courage. How about Stephen? And what about this guy named Paul? Stories of courage. So, for the rest of this message, I want to dig into this amazing woman's life. Her name is Esther. And if you're taking notes, write down uh, our first point for today, it's a background the background for the story, it's the foundation for our story today. Did you know that the book of Esther is tucked away here in the Old Testament? It's a unique book because not once is the name of God mentioned in it, but his fingerprints are all over this book and this story. It takes place in the kingdom of Persia. Israel had been taken captive once again by the Babylonians, they lived under this heavy hand and this, this leadership under the rule of Kirk, King Xerxes. Now, what we know about Esther, she's this Hebrew girl, okay, who just happened. She just happened to be hot. Are you allowed to say that from the pulpit? Huh? So now, (laughs) I know that. Not because we have a picture, but because, you know, and this is textual freedom here. There's basically a beauty pageant put on by the king. He wants to get married. And they didn't have swipe left back then. They didn't have any of these dating sites. All right. So the king gets, oh, about 25,000 of the most beautiful virgins out there. And they do all this stuff. And you can look at it in chapter two of Esther. But guess who wins? Oh, you guys are smart right here. (laughs) No, Susie. Susie won. (laughs) Esther wins. So we know there's this Hebrew girl, young Hebrew girl, and she's hot. Because King had a choice of all these women. And so here it is. Esther chapter two, verse 17. You ready? Now the king was attracted to Esther because she was, there you go. I feel like I'm only talking to like five people right here. This is good, this is good. One of them's asleep, but the other four are into it. That's good. Now the king was attracted to Esther because she was more than any of the other women. And, And she won favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. So, he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. And the king gave a, a great banquet and, and, and Esther a banquet for all, all the nobles and officials. He proclaimed a holiday throughout the providence and, and distributed gifts. He's happy. <laughs> He's happy. Now, we know Esther. Now let's be introduced to another character in the story. Mordecai. Can you say Mordecai? Mordecai. He would be Esther's cousin and he would actually raise Esther. And so if you continue reading on in Esther chapter two, verses 19 through 20, and here's what I'm going to say. We're just running through this. Go home and read all the good stuff. I'm just, I'm just checking some boxes. We're just kind of walking through some of the main stuff here, but this is a good read. All right? So, You got Esther chapter 2, verse 17. Now the king was attracted. Okay, that's good. Now we're going to go Esther 2, 19. When the virgins were assembled a second time, Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate. But Esther had kept secret her family's background and nationality just as what? As Mordecai had told her to do. Shh, you want to win this pageant? Don't tell them that you're a Jew. That's a deal breaker. It doesn't matter how Hot you are. If they find out you're that, you're a knot. But Esther had to keep the secret from the family background, their nationality, just as Mordecai had told her, for she continued to follow Mordecai's instructions as she had done when he was bringing her up. All right? So she loves her cousin. She respects her cousin. She listens to her cousin. Why? Is Mordecai concerned with this? Well, again, because she would have never been chosen, she would have never found herself with favor with the king, she would never be queen if they knew she was one of them. Now, you look like you're bright people. You're ready for a third person, are you? All right, so we got Esther, we got Mordecai, and now we got Haman, Haman. If we're in a Moor Park melodrama theater right now, we'd go boo, hiss. And I'd say Mordecai, we go yay, Esther, yay. Haman, boo. He's second in command to the king. He's been given all kinds of authority. He's been given all kinds of power. He's given all kinds of position. Why do you know that, Pastor? Because you look at Esther chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And after these events, King Xerxes, uh, Xerxes honored Haman, and, and it goes on talking about how he elevated him, giving him a high seat of honor, higher than anyone else. Verse two, all the royal officials at the king's gate, check this out, knelt down and paid honor to him. Boo, I heard that over there, that's good. But, oh, and, and, well, by the way, they did this, but what's really important for the king had commanded this concerning him. Like, so the king's in favor of this. But, 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 here's the but. But Mordecai would not what, search? Uh uh uh, I ain't bowing down to no man. Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor. And so Haman's like, all right, no big deal. 99.9% of everyone else is doing it, and I'm good with that. Esther chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay honor to him, he was enraged. Yet, having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all. What does all mean in the Bible? All. In Greek, it means. All, in Hebrew it means all, all Mordecai's people, the Jews throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. Here is a man scorned. Here's a man upset because one man would not bow down on him. He wanted to have him killed. And he said, no, that's not good enough. He was so enraged. He was so filled with anger. He was so filled with himself that he goes, all people associated with him, all the Jews need to be killed. He was throwing a little hissy fit, wasn't he? And so he goes to the king and he convinces the king of having all the Jews killed. This should speak a little bit about King Xerxes' leadership, yeah? His character, but that's not for today. Mordecai finds out about this plan, right? He finds out that his head is on the chopping block. Everybody that he loves and all of his people's heads are on the chopping block. And so what we would do is different than what they did back in the day. But when you mourned, you would tear your clothes. Maybe you do that today. I don't know. Tear your clothes and scream and cry. And you do this out in public. And in this case, he did this at the king's gate. His cousin, Esther, hears about Mordecai's pain and mourning. She doesn't know why. So she sends a message to say, what is wrong with Mordecai? What is happening with his heart? Look at Esther chapter four, verse eight. He also gave him a copy of the text in the edict, then which had been published in Susa to show to Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to instruct her to go into the king's presence, to beg for mercy and plead with him, for her people. Now, church, this is so important. I know we've been running through a lot of information here, but remember, we're taking a look at the characteristic of courage, right? And so, in this moment, in this moment, Moragai's mortified. <laughs> He's beside himself and what's going to happen in his life and his people's life. And he sends this message to his cousin saying, Hey, here's the reality we're all going to die. So what you need to do, Esther, is you need to go into the king's presence and beg for mercy for all your people. This is a huge ask. This is a huge request. Basically, as I read this, the future of her and all of her people are on whose shoulders? They're on Esther's shoulders. This this pretty little queen. It's go big or go home time. It's go big or go bold time. Remember, courage is strength in the face of fear. It's run at time or run away time. So what can we learn for the rest of this message about courage from Esther's life? You're taking notes. I want you, I want, that's what I wanna press into the, for the rest of this message. Number two point is this. Courage shows up courage shows up. Well, pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, let's continue reading on. Esther chapter four, verses nine through 11, actually go to 10. Then he instructed him to say to Mordecai, all the king's officials and all the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned by the king, can't. That they by law will be put to death unless the king extends what? The gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. Now, what's weird about this? The king is who? It's her husband. So this was done on Monday throughout the week studying. So I purchased a gold scepter now. We have a new policy in my home. Just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, Mordecai, you know. Esther's saying, you know I can't just go into his presence. Let, if I even wanted to, I, I by law could be killed for doing this. And so this is a huge request. She can't just stroll into the king's office. There's a whole process. There's a formal request. There's a formal invitation. There's a gold scepter to be shown approval. But it's decision time for Esther. What is she gonna do right now? And, and you know, there's that show when I grew up, it was called Let's Make a Deal. Is it, I think it's back on again. You know, you got door number one or door number two or door number three. Well, in this case, I'm gonna only say there's two doors. Esther's got a choice to make. Door number one. What is behind door number one? Comfort. Luxury, power, good food, servants, crown, live happily ever after. There's door number one. Door number two. Go for broke. Risk it all. Risk your life. Do the right thing and save your people. What is Esther going to do? Is she going to choose door number one or door number two? Is she going to run at or is she going to run away? from the opportunity of saving her people. And my question is this, what, honestly, what would you have done? And it's easy because we could read the rest of the story, but what would you have done or what are you doing in this moment right now? When God is calling you to a life of courage, are you running at it or are you running away from the very thing that God is calling you to stay or to go towards? How is your character in this area? So last night, I I uh, chose to watch a movie called Hacksaw Ridge. I do not recommend it if you do not like blood and guts. But it is amazing story. It's a true story. It's about a man by the name of Desmond Dost. April 1st, 1942, he joined the army as a Christian and they walk through the first part of the movie where he has a conviction, and there's a reason why he has it. He has a conviction he's not going to kill, yet he's joined the army. And so he's made a decision that he will not touch a rifle. And so as the movie's playing out, the commander finds this, and his bunk bunkmates find this out, and they literally beat the crud out of him because it punishes them also as a unit, and that you see all this story develop and everybody's against him and he's literally a, a man on an island by himself because of his conviction. And, and he's, gonna be, he's gonna be discharged and, and then there's, he goes to court. All kinds of things happen. But he, 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 he makes it through all of that. And he goes to war, World War II, as a medic. Because he's like, when everyone else is killing, I wanna be saving people's lives. Well, May of 1945, while battling on Hacksaw Ridge, his division was viciously attacked. And you see this in the movie. At some point, they were asked by the officers to retreat back down this 400-foot ridge called Hacksaw Ridge. A net extending all the way down the Japanese coming this way and they're retreating, coming down this. Just casualties all over the place. There's a scene in the movie where Desmond Doss is standing there at the ridge and he's got a choice to make. Do I go back where everybody else is going back? Do I follow the, the, the orders of my, uh, uh, the officials above me? And yet you see him process his conviction. He asks this question of God. What is it that you want of me? You you catch that? He asks this question. What is it that you want of me? Everyone else is gone and there he is standing with only the opposition and death all over. And then you see him go grab a wounded soldier and drag him to the edge. He wraps rope around him, lowers him down that 400 feet. He does this throughout the entire night. And you hear him say this throughout the scenes, Lord, please help me get one more. Lord, please help me get one more. Isn't that courage, my friends? Do you know that the story goes on to say that he saved at least 75 men 75 men that he lowered down to safety. My friends, that is courage. And later he would be awarded the Medal of Honor. Esther chapter four, verse 13 and 14 through 16. He set back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. Esther, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Mordecai is saying, God's chosen you. Will you choose courage? You see, courage not only shows up, but courage stands up. Courage takes a stand even if it means being alone. What a great reminder for all of us as Christ followers. You see the illustrations, and and there's a lot of areas you need need courage in your marriage, you may need it in your finances, you may need it as you're facing addiction, you may need it. I mean, there's so many places. But one place I'd like to say is, if you see a theme, God is calling Esther to courage to save people. Private Doss displayed courage to save people. And brothers and sisters, whatever God's speaking to your heart with courage on, great. But I also want to add this. I believe he is calling us, the church, to be more courageous to save One more person. Some of us are shy in sharing our faith. And yet, like in that movie, there's tragedy and pain and disaster all over. And one man, because of courage, was able to save over 75. I believe if we're more courageous in our faith, God's kingdom expands. In the book, Character Still Counts, the author says this, in the moment, courage will always be asking us not what is the easiest or most popular, but what is right. Fear will be screaming in our ears, say no. Courage will quietly speak to our hearts, say yes. Esther realizes the cost of her decision with these unbelievably courageous words, and if I perish, I perish Because as you read the scripture, that's what finally happens is is Esther's like, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to run away. I'm going to run at. And if I perish, I perish. And if you read on in this, this chapter, character still counts. It says this, someone has said that courage is not the absence of fear. It is the mastery of it. The Bible adds an important element to courage, trust in God. Courage is being willing to do what we know God wants us to do, even when the consequences are unseen or unknown. Esther chapter five, verse one. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner courts of the palace in front of the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall, facing the entrance. You see, courage is going where we need to go. Courage is standing. And lastly, courage speaks up. I want you, as homework, to read chapters 5, 6, and 7. If you fast forward in this story, you're going to see that not only was Esther hot, she was smart. I made some fans in the first service because I said, that's why God chose a woman for this, not a man. And all God's women said, "Amen." and all God's men are going to talk to me afterwards. (laughs) That's why we have two exit doors. You only got a 50% chance of finding me. But think about that. She devises this plan that is beautiful, made for Hollywood. And um, remember Haman? Out to get everybody, and he's gonna do all this stuff, and he gets a pole set up, and he's gonna have Mordecai killed on it because he's a man. He's got it all figured out, but you can't outdo this, Esther. So she's working in the background, but here's the deal. Yeah, Esther's beautiful. She's smart, but she's got God on her side. And so God works all this stuff And um, let me just give you a little heads up here. If you go to Esther chapter seven, verse nine, it says, a pole reaching to the height of 50 cubic stands by Haman's house. He had it set up king for Mordecai, who spoke up to help the king. The king said, the king said, in reference to Haman, impel him on it. King went from, oh, everyone bow down to this guy to have him stuck on the stick like a shish kebab. (laughs) Esther chapter eight, verses three and four. Esther again pleaded with the king, falling at his feet and whipping. She begged him to put an end to the evil plan of Haman which he had devised against the Jews. Then the king accepted, accepted, extended the gold scepter to Esther and she arose and stood before him. You go to verse seven, King Xerxes replied to the queen and to Mordecai the Jew, because Amon attacked the Jews, I have given his estate to Esther and they have impaled him on the pole he set up. Now write another decree in the king's name and behalf of the Jews as seems best to you and seal it with the king's signet ring. For no document written in the king's name sealed with his ring can be revoked. And all God's people said, isn't Esther's courage beautiful and inspiring? How does this apply to our life as we wrap up? Courage shows up. Courage shows up. Courage stands up. Courage speaks up. And I close with this. What would courage look like in your life? God, thank you for this inspiring story of a courageous woman. May we draw courage from her life. Thank you. In Jesus' name. All God's people said. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org, or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.